Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Good morning, Revival Life. How you doing? How you doing? I felt some breakthrough at the end. How about you? I felt breakthrough at the end. All right, I got a couple real quick announcements. Um, not announcements, really, but uh, I had two things I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first one was I wanted to tell you, uh, uh, who was here Friday night? Burning Room was... That was... Burning Room was amazing this week. It was just... But I want to give you a testimony from there, which I think is pretty neat, which I'd personally never heard of before. So um, there were two, two um, girls that were here, um, someone's daughters, who had gotten sunburned really bad. And uh, is anybody in here sunburned? I know part of the room doesn't. Part of the room does. I get sunburned. Half my family gets sunburned. Half my family doesn't. My daughter likes to say that she doesn't, but she actually does. Yeah, you do. She does. <clears throat> I get sunburned, and uh, you know when you get sunburned, you get like super, like you can feel the heat on your skin. Some of you are like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. But you actually, when you get sunburned, you can feel the heat, like you're continuing to cook. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, um, uh, and these two, these two uh, girls got sunburned, and the one, um, uh, I was back in Revolvicus, and she said during worship, God had healed her sunburn. Now that sounds like, that sounds a little fanciful, right? Like, like you're not that excited about it because, you know, miracles are normal for you. Or something. But um, but she'd literally been hot. Her whole body was hot. She said, God healed my sunburn. I'm not hot anymore. Which I thought was like, I believe it, but it's a kid, you know? And so I rejoiced because she thought she was healed. And maybe he healed her, maybe he didn't. I didn't see it, you know? So I don't, I don't know. And I was back in Revival Kids after the meeting, and she was telling her sister, God healed my sunburn. Which is, okay, now why would she lie to her little sister about it? But whatever. And her little sister said, well, I want to go get healed too. So she came up, like the meeting had ended, we were just kind of soaking, they were playing music, worshiping, whatever, and she came right up here and she was praying, and I stood up behind her, I put my hand on her head, and it was hot, like an oven, like there was heat still coming off her, she felt like, you know, it was like noon playing outside in the hot sun, like your heat just, there was just heat coming off of her, her arms were hot, her head was hot, and that's how the other sister was, but when I went up to the other sister to feel her, she, she didn't understand why I was feeling her, first of all, strange man touching me, <laughs> scary touch, scary touch, right? <clears throat> Um, stranger danger. Um, but, uh, but I'm not a stranger, but scary touch. Um, <clears throat> but I felt her sister and her sister was hot. Her arms were hot. Her head was hot. And I thought, well, if God's healing this, I'm going to go ahead and pray so I can watch myself do a miracle, right? Like I get to, I'm not going to lie. That was part of the thought. Like it wasn't the, it wasn't the dominant thought, but it was in there. I'm not going to lie. It was in there. And, of course, nothing happened, right? Nothing, nothing at all happened. And I'm like, well, Lord, then I got spiritual. You know. Right? And so then I walked away, right? And so I walked in. I'm standing over here. And, uh, and I saw her about five minutes later go talk to her mom. And her mom told her to come talk to me. And she goes, my sunburn is healed. And I touched her, and she was completely cold. There was no heat at all on her body. Now, I had brought Duke over, I believe. I said, feel, feel this one. She's cold. Feel this one. She's hot, right? Like, she said she was hot like this, but now she's cold. Like, when there, only one was healed. And Duke can testify he felt the girl was hot. And later, she wasn't hot. I'm talking five minutes later. That's not biologically possible. 
now why does God heal that and not somebody's, you know, why, why does somebody need to get a C-section and someone, I, I don't know, but I rejoice for every miracle God does. Yeah. I don't focus on the ones he didn't do. Yeah. I'm just rejoicing in every miracle God does. And I like to say, you know, we like to say in this house, you know, if God's doing something for your neighbor, good news, God's in the, in the neighborhood. God's in the neighborhood. So uh, maybe you don't need healed of sunburn. Maybe you need healed of not getting a mortgage. Maybe you need healed of, you know, whatever. Your, your kids are away from God. God's in the neighborhood. Amen? Amen. Second thing I want to talk about is uh, calling all revivalists. Now, here, let me tell you about this. Let me, let me tell you what the thought is here. Uh, you know, we, we believe in the fivefold ministries of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. We believe in that. But there's a bit of confusion today because all of a sudden everybody thinks they're an apostle, which I find somewhat amusing. Um... And, and, and people will try to call you an apostle as if that's some sort of compliment because they're better than other people. I, I don't know. Um, but, and it's amazing. Every network now is led by an apostle. A couple years ago, they were all led by prophets. And a couple years before that, they were all teachers. Now, now all God is producing is apostles, apparently. I'm, gonna try, I'm just trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, <clears throat> it's important to understand that, <clears throat> excuse me, the Ephesians 4 calling on your life is determined by how people receive you not what you call yourself, Amen. right? And so there's people who call people that I consider to be an apostle a, a false prophet. And I'm like, well, first of all, he's not a prophet. So he can't be a false prophet, right? Like he's not even that. He's actually an apostle, right? And so to one person, this person has a key of life. The other person, they, you know, so they're not receiving. But <clears throat> so I don't know. And, and again, you know, people are now, they're, they're so spiritual. They're apostolic prophets. They're prophetic evangelists. They're, you know, like one title isn't enough. Before, just being a minister was a big deal. Now, you got to have three titles. Uh, but I know this. I know I'm, an I'm a revivalist. Amen? Are there any revivalists in the moon? See, now the revivalists bring the presence and power of God. I don't care if you call me an apostle, prophet, deacon, servant. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care what title. But I know I'm going to bring the presence and power of God. I'm going to connect some people to Jesus. Amen? A revivalist. Amen? And we just want to affirm the call of revivalists. And anybody can choose to walk in this anointing. Some people have chosen, chosen for you. But what we want to do, we want to affirm the calling of revivalists. We want to get you deeper in the fire of God and the power of God. Just get you anointed in the, and just soaking in the anointing, right? Just so you can just, just, just to turn the flames up a little bit, right? So it is August 17th through the 19th. That's Friday at 7, uh, Saturday at 6, and Sunday morning, 9 and 11. We're going to have child care for all meetings. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we want you to come. We need you to serve. We need you to love people. Uh, but Joshua Muse is going to come, and that, that, man is, that man is fire, right? This is what, you know, he's head of Iris over Mexico, and the man is fire. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see good stuff. Uh, but you want to be there. Amen? Yeah. All right, so you want to make it. Uh, put it on your calendar. Corey, this is for you, man, so you can function in the anointing. It's on that card. Not really. But, hey. Uh, I want to welcome our speaker today. Uh, welcome up Pastor Tracy, who's going to come. And, uh... I know nothing is impossible. I know Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Becca for the jam. You guys I love you guys. Rebecca, I feel known. You got my jam, Kim Walker. That's it. Yes. When I grow up, I want to sing like her. Uh, 
<laughs> Good morning. Thank you guys for the love. I feel really loved and supported up here. Thank you. I'm just really happy to um, come and share the message this morning. We're going to continue our um, series on wholeness, being fully alive in Christ. I'm super excited and I'm thankful and I feel really privileged to get to speak this morning um, and talk about something I'm really passionate about and that's a wholeness, um, dealing with our heart issues. And um, I want to thank my husband, who's awesome, um, for, the, for allowing me and encouraging me. And, you know, I was just thinking while we were talking, um, he, he talked about, um, in the, he's, told, he's like, you know, I had a little outreach, and um, God tricked me into starting a church. <laughs> well, we had an outreach, and he, he said, I just want you to do the announcements. He tricked me into getting up here and <laughs> preaching. I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> I don't typically uh, do this, but I, I'm thankful because uh, my husband has really, I feel like, drawn out the gold in me and, and empowered me to do things I never thought I would do. So thank you, dear. You tricked me, but I'm happy. That's good. So um, <laughs> very thankful. So we are going to continue uh, the series of... Um, uh, wow, wholeness. I'm just feeling God up here. He's very, very good. And um, last week, Pastor Carl talked about, he started off the series uh, talking about wholeness. And um, if you weren't here, if you didn't hear the message, I'm just going to give you just a, a quick recap of his three points um, to kind of lead into what we're talking about today. And he talked about embracing wholeness where we um, deal with our heart issues. Number one, because we need it. And that mean, we means all of us, because we all have heart issues that we need to deal with. Um, number two, Jesus paid for it with his life. And the world needs to know. Um, we carry wholeness, and when we are whole and healed, we um, bring glory to Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I'd like to pray first, if you would just join me. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to walk whole, that you would heal hearts. Yes. Father, I thank you that you are even just speaking to people this morning. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this room. I thank you, God, that you've come, that you're here. And Lord, I pray and I welcome you to do whatever you want to do. Please lead me in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, again, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm excited about, like, this... this um, this conference we're about to have, Calling All Revivalists. I love the fire. Uh, I like to be, you know, on the ground and rolling around just like all of us, right? Um, but I, I also am really passionate about people being whole and having our hearts healed because we need to be whole vessels to carry the presence of God. And um, I'm, it's something that I'm just truly passionate about, and I'm excited because God, I'm like, I feel so privileged that God uses me to minister this because it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing that God uses me. But um, just to talk about our heart and, and heart hurts, you know, we have all been hurt or disappointed in our lives. Um, all of us. You too. Not by me, of course. But um, <laughs> um, we, we all have been hurt or disappointed in our lives. And we've all had hard experiences. And some people have had harder experiences than others. But um, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in an imperfect world with imperfect people, and we all have been bumped and bruised in some way. 
and it affects us in our lives. And we, um, as much as we would like to think it doesn't, or if you might think that it doesn't affect you, it does in some way. And it affects, you know, what we experience. Um, someone could have the same exact experience as you, and it affects them in a, in a different way. But those things do um, do affect us. And there, we all may have things in our lives, behaviors, struggles, patterns, um, cycles of sin in our life, that as much as we, um, you know, try to get free of these things, we still see these things popping up. They keep coming up. And we're like, why does this keep coming up? I'm saved. This should be gone. Um, but really, the reason it keeps coming up is because the root is in our heart. And we have to deal with what's in our heart so we can pull out the root of what is in us. You know, we could have, um, you could have a hurt, and you can put a little Band-Aid over it. But that doesn't always fix it. And you need to really just go into the, get, with, get at the root and pull it out. And so um, I want to just start with the scripture, a familiar scripture to us. Is, uh, you can turn to John chapter 10, verse 10. Rival kids is jamming in there. Um, John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I being Jesus. Jesus came so we could have life abundantly. And um, Jesus wants us to have that, but we may not be experiencing it in every area of our life. And we all aren't experiencing it in every area of our life because we are, we're in a process, right? Um, but that's what God has for us. And I'm very thankful for salvation. You know, Jesus died for us to have eternal life. And I'm thankful for salvation. And our lives are so much better after salvation than before salvation. But salvation does not equal abundance. You can be saved and not have peace. You can be saved and not have joy. You could be saved and have um, relationships with people that are a mess. Yeah. And um, that's not what God has for us. That's, you know, salvation is wonderful. And if that was it, that would be good. But there's more. There's abundance. And he has abundant life for us. You know, we can't control the fact that negative things happen to us. Um, and we can't control the fact that most likely other we're going to still have disappointments and upsetting things happen in our life. But what we can control or what we can do is take steps and partner with Holy Spirit to be healed of those things so we can live life in abundance. And many of you may know that I, um, I have worked as a counselor outside of the church um, for some time. And I work and I'm as a counselor inside the church. I've counseled people that are part of uh, the body of Christ and inside this church. And um, what I have found when I meet with people that come and talk about the hurts and the things that they've dealt with, that there are some common things um, that people can do to get free of this, these heart hurts and to get healed. Um, and today I want to go over some of these ways with us so we can move on and we can come into the life that God has for us. Um, and I even believe, too, and, and I said this before, I'm so thankful that God uses me. I believe even, too, that as, as I'm talking, that his anointing is here, his presence is here, and that he's going to begin to heal things that are going on in you, that um, maybe in me, too. Hallelujah. But I believe that God is going to continue to be moving as I'm talking, that he's going to continue to meet, to meet us here. 
And so let's just keep our hearts open to what God wants to do. You may um, have things come to mind as I'm talking. Um, that's not just your mind. That's the Holy Ghost bringing that up. Um, and God only brings up stuff that he wants to heal. And, um, or you may just feel emotions that you don't normally feel. And just let's just lean into what God wants to do today because we are embracing wholeness as a house. Amen? So I have found, like I said, that we can't control the stuff that's happened. We can't control the stuff that we, we deal with. But there are some things that we can do to partner with Holy Spirit. And so um, I want to talk to you today about three ways that we can partner with Holy Spirit to live life in abundance. Okay? So the first thing I want to talk to you about, the first point, is forgiveness. If you're taking notes, number one is forgiveness. Forgiveness equals freedom. Forgiveness is so important that Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but forgiveness is also important in moving past um, our past and move into the future that God has for us. Forgiveness m moves us into the next place. And forgiveness means the definition for forgiveness is to let things off, to, to cease to resent, or to pardon. But really when we forgive, we are holding, you know, when, when we are in unforgiveness, we're holding someone in an offense like this. And when we forgive, we let them go. We just let go. And, um, you know, sometimes forgiving is hard because people, we get hurt. Things hurt. And um, we experience things that are very hurtful. But forgiving is not necessarily a, um, a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. And it's a, ch it's a choice to not be resentful, to not be bitter. And um, it gives up our plans of retaliation, whether we had plans to retaliate or we were praying, you know, God, retaliate for me. Um, uh, I know people, yeah, I know. Sometimes you get mad and be like, Lord, get them. <laughs> but we make a choice and we forgive to say, um, they don't owe us anything. They don't owe, they don't owe any debt. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to just let it go. Okay. And, um, that doesn't mean that they have to, they can continue to hurt us, but it does mean that we're going to let it go. And we have to forgive or we should forgive because God tells us to in Matthew chapter six, verse 14, it says, for if you forgive others for their trans transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. And that's a, that's a good reason to forgive because God says so. But if that's not enough, <laughs> that's not enough. There's other reasons to forgive. Um, when we don't forgive, we are tied to that person or that event, that situation that hurt us. And so we may not feel like forgiving. We may not even feel like listening to God. We're just like, but I don't, you know, do we really want to be tied to that event? We had something happen that was so hurtful. We want to move on. And so a good reason to forgive is to be able to move on and let it go. And when we forgive, we, um, we remove any legal grounds the enemy has to come into our lives. When we are in unforgiveness, we have an open door to the enemy, an open door for torment, for stress, um, even bad dreams about things that happened, anger, bitterness. You know, when you're bitter, it, it's not fun. It's not fun to be bitter. You look bitter, you know, your face is all, you're angry, and you're not fun to be around. And people don't like to be around people that are bitter. 
They really, really don't. Um, and, and when I say forgiveness, sometimes people are like, oh, but you don't know what they did. You don't know what these people did to me. But the thing is that it doesn't even mean that they deserve the forgiveness. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that they should be allowed to keep hurting you. It just means that you're letting them go. You're saying, okay, when you hold someone in an offense, when you hold on to this offense and say, you know, they did this thing, it was so bad, you're attached to it. And if for no other reason, get out, get, get out from under them, <laughs> let it go. And, and it doesn't mean, um, necessarily that they have to continue to, to act that way. There's some people that you forgive and they continue acting that way. Set up boundaries with that person, you know, keep it a distance or some people you may need to end relationships just because you're forgive does not mean you have to be a doormat and allow them to step on you any longer. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, I just want to say this because I, I hear people say this, well, you know, this person, this family member treats me this way and I just want to be a Christian and I don't want to say anything. No, that's not, you can forgive someone and tell them until you can act nice, you stay over there. Don't, you know, don't, don't come here. We don't have to be doormats, but we, but we should forgive because when we hold on to that bitterness, it affects us in a negative way. And, um, and, and God says to do it. And he says, you know, forgive so that you can be forgiven. And I know that I am not perfect. And I'd like forgiveness for when I do something wrong and the things I've done wrong before. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and so I told you before, I, I minister to people. I counsel some people um, in things that hurt them. And I want to say this. Just because someone receives counseling doesn't mean that they're crazy. Um, we all have our own stuff. We got stuff. We got issues. I'm not going to sing that song, but we got issues. And um, we have to deal with our issues. And um, so to receive counseling just means that someone who knows something about this helps you to deal with your issues. And that's it. Doesn't mean you're crazy. We all have our own little bit of crazy, just so you know. Um, but when I counsel people and we talk about Holy Spirit will bring up where, what the root is. Because I'm, I'm not interested in, in putting Band-Aids on people. You know, you can, you can Band-Aids don't last. And we can't act like everything is, well, you can, I guess. But I don't want to see people act like everything is okay. I want to see people, like, really be free. It is really my passion to see people come into what God has for them. It's really my passion to see people like really live happy lives like Jesus intends for us. And so I want to get at the root. And so we'll pray and ask Holy Spirit to come in. And we'll ask Holy Spirit to come in and show, okay, where, what is the root of this? And it's, it's so, he's so good. He'll show something, you know, this memory that they hadn't remembered in a long time or a situation that's come up, come up in their life. And, um, and it's there and, and it's almost like you can, you, you know, when something is, when you're not forgiving someone, it's almost like the thing is still happening. Anybody have that experience? Like you, you've been hurt and you, you just feel it. You can still feel that anger. And it's like, man, that happened 25 years ago and I'm still angry about it. Um, you're not the only one because we've all been there, but it comes up. And when I s encourage people and I say, okay, now make a choice to forgive. And when the person chooses to forgive, and sometimes they just, the choice is just saying it out loud because they can't even with their heart at that point, they're just taking a step of faith. I'm going to say, I forgive. As soon as they say, I forgive, 
Holy Spirit comes in. Jesus comes in and brings healing. And the whole situation looks different. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that it wasn't wrong. What it means is I got set free. And so um, there's grace. Forgiveness welcomes the grace of God. And if there's, if you notice in your area, in your life, that there's an area of your life that there's no grace, things are not going right. Things keep popping up, maybe in forgiveness there. You know, you may not always, you can't, sometimes you can't always see the, the, um, the root, but you can see the fruit. And so the fruit of unforgiveness, you see the, a lack of grace because we need to forgive to bring in the grace of God. <clears throat> so, um, before I, I move on to talk about the next um, way we can partner with Holy Spirit, I want to just pray and lead you guys in a prayer of forgiveness. Now, as I was talking, you something may, you know you might have had a, a thought of a person, a situation, um, but I know that we all can relate to having a hard time forgiving some things, me included. But I want to lead you in a prayer of uh, forgiveness, and if you would just join with me in prayer, let's pray. Father, I forgive this person for hurting me. I release them from my offense. They owe me nothing. Father, help us to walk in forgiveness towards these people that have hurt us. Help us to release them. Help us to get past this offense so we can live free and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How do you guys feel? Feel good? <laughs> so one, the first way that we can partner with Holy Spirit and really come into wholeness is um, forgiveness. Forgiveness equals freedom. The second way that we can partner with Holy Spirit is a phrase I want you to learn. It's called, it's not my business. If that one doesn't work for you, here's one. Worry about yourself. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Amen. Stay in your lane. <laughs> we need to stay in our own lane. Um, it's a phrase that we need to say often because there's lots of opportunities to say it every day. Um, a great opportunity when to say it is when people want to share stuff with you that's not your business. Thank you. That's not my business. <laughs> I'm going to worry about myself. Um, we need to keep our hearts pure and not get into judgment of others. We don't like being judged, do we? I don't. Um, we need to keep our hearts pure and not get into judgment of others. We need to stay in our own lane and be concerned with our own stuff. We need to deal with our own heart and not worry about other people's hearts. Jesus has got them. Let Holy, Holy Spirit is really big and really able to minister to every single person. Just worry about yourself. Okay. So judgment is when we come to negative conclusions about what people have done or what they haven't done. We come to these conclusions without all the information. And we decide that we have the right to judge. And we have a, we have, we feel that we have the right to judge when Jesus really is the only judge, the only one that has a right to judge. Um, 
And so I don't have a, a time to go into a whole comprehensive uh, teaching about judgment, but I want to just talk about different examples so you can apply that to different areas of your life. So for, let's say, for example, you've grown up with parents who didn't treat you the way that you wanted to, to be treated. It was you know, hurtful. Maybe they didn't show love. Maybe they weren't present. Um, I know I talk to people, especially I find out this happens with, um, in families where their parents have come from another country to come here to make money because um, they came from us and they're just working all the time and they're never here, never home, right? That's, that's, I hear that. Um, and they feel like they weren't present. They weren't there. Or you might have uh, parents that just didn't know how to show love. They weren't really warm and fuzzy. They didn't, you know, comfort you when you got hurt. And I want to say, first of all, if that was your experience and you were hurt, that's not okay. And that's not what I'm saying. It's not saying that, you know, we need to say, well, that was okay, and we need to move on. And No, it wasn't okay. As parents, we're called to represent God to our children. But the truth of the matter is, kids don't come with a manual, and not everyone knows how to do that well. You know, and if you're a parent, you know that you make mistakes sometimes. Some mistakes are bigger than others. I get it. But um, this all works the same way. And so um, in some situations, we don't know when people do things that are wrong. We don't know all the situations. We don't know how they were raised. We don't know what resources they had. We don't know if they, anyone ever showed them love. So how did they learn how to show love? Um, we don't know what kind of you know, marital stress was going on. We don't know if they had you know, mental health problems. They could be depressed and just don't know how to, we don't know. And we, I can say, yes, that was not good. That wasn't a good experience you had. But we are not supposed to judge people's motives. We're not supposed to judge their character. We just need to worry about our own hearts, get our own hearts healed. And when we've, um, when I talk specifically about parents, we may have experienced something that was hurtful. And you can't go back to your childhood and then tell your parents, this is how you're supposed to do this. But Holy Spirit will reparent you. He'll fill in the gaps. God will fill in the gaps where your parents did not give you what you needed. God is good like that. He'll still be your daddy. You can be, you know, 60 years old here today. He'll still be your daddy. You can sit on his lap and he will love on you the way that you're, you were meant to be loved on. But we still, um, you know, we need to be free from being bitter and resentful towards people. It's just like this. As long as we hold on to that bitterness and that resentment with judgment, we're attached to that situation. Um, we're gonna, I want to read out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And I want to just, um, you know, as I'm talking, I realize that this is not something that's always easy. You know, we've all been hurt. And I, I just to share from my own experience, I was, um, I was hurt in, in a church. Not this church, thank God. You guys are all awesome. But um, I was hurt by people that led me to salvation, like just hurt my feelings. And I don't want to go into um, details because I don't want to dishonor them. But um, I do want to say that it was hard. It was hard not to pass judgment. It was hard to not say, you should have known better to not treat me that way. Or you should have known better to stop this kind of behavior. You should have, you should have shut down gossip. You should have, but I'm just going to worry about myself. And for a long time, I was bitter. 
But I realized that this bitterness was not doing me any good. And so letting go of that judgment allowed me to get free of that situation. And, and honestly, you know, at the time, I didn't know that I was going to end up, you know, being a pastor in a church. I don't want to replicate that. I don't want to sow seeds of judgment and reap a harvest of, you know, being that kind of person that I didn't want to be. Because that's the, way that it, that's the way that it works. When we judge, it brings results. You sow seeds of judgment, you may reap just that thing that you were judging someone else. How many times have we said, you know, our parents did this, I'm never going to do that. And then you find yourself sounding just like your mom. <laughs> I always want to sound like you, but no. With a New York accent, yes. But I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we do that. You, you, you'll surprise yourself. You'll surprise yourself like, wow, I heard that before. You know, um, and your kids will let you know, too. <laughs> kids will be your Holy Spirit. Um, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. We don't want to sow judgment because we don't ourselves want to be judged. And you wonder, you know, this is, if you see cycles repeating in your life, judgment is often the driving force behind those recurrent patterns of trouble in your life because you've judged others and there's no grace in your life for the area. You know, it may be hard for you to do certain things, but because you gave some, you didn't give someone else grace for something that was hard for them to do. You don't get any grace. And I'm not perfect. If any of you out there are perfect, let me know. Maybe don't let me know, but um, (laughs) we, we need grace because it's not easy to be all the things that we're called to be. It's not easy to, to lead people, to be in a profession, to parent kids, Lord. It's not easy. But yet, it, you know, give people a break because you want a break. You want a break. And so um, instead of, of judging, we, we, get a, we get the choice to, to stay in our own lane, let Jesus be the judge, and we also get to honor, to show honor. And that sometimes is hard, but again, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter five, honor your father and your mother as the Lord, your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you in the land, which the Lord God gives you. And you may say to yourself, I don't want, I don't feel like honoring, but do you want things to go well with you? Well, if then, you know, if you honor, then you can see things going well with you. And if you want people to honor you, be a person that honors. And honor creates an avenue of blessing. And so when you honor people, it creates a blessing in your life. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree with what people have done. Doesn't mean that it was okay. But it does mean that you don't have to drag their name through the mud. If there ever comes a time that you can, you know, you know that you're free of it when you can just talk about a situation without dragging the person through the mud or bring up what they did to you. I'm not saying that people, you know, sometimes it truly breaks my heart when I hear people share what they've experienced in life. You know, I, I, I really do love the people that I counsel. It's not like you just, I see, come off the street, like I live life with people and people share things with me that they've been through. And I have to choose to not be in judgment of the people that did it to them. 
it's easy to get offended um, when you love someone. Like, let somebody mess with your kid or your spouse. You know, you can let it go, but then someone, you know, some kid in school says something to your kid, and you're like, look. <laughs> right? But we're not, you know, we can be, be above that. And so, and, and I, I have more than once heard things that, that people have shared with me that were very hurtful, and I've had to say, I'm not going to judge their, this person that hurt them. I'm not going to judge, because then I'll be in sin, having an offense with them because of what this person told me. And, you know, I'm hearing one side, too. Who knows? But we repeat these, these cycles and patterns because we're in judgment. <clears throat> and so before we move on to the next one, again, I'd like to pray pray with you. We'll pray together to repent for judging others so we can just welcome the grace of God in our lives and be free from, from carrying that burden. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we repent for judging others. We repent for judging people's motives. We repent for um, judging their character. Father, I pray that you help us to keep our hearts pure and help us not to stand in the place of judgment. We release our loved ones to you because you, Lord, are the judge, not us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How's it feel? Yeah. And I'm sharing these things with you because you can, um, you, you know, as these things come up, because we'll have opportunities to judge, you can pray this prayer. So the first the first thing that we can do to uh, partner with Holy Spirit is forgiveness. Forgiveness equals freedom. The second one is deciding it's not my business. More about yourself. Whichever one you want to do. Number three, this is one you might hear me talk about a lot. Believe what God says. Um, what God says about us, we want, we want to believe what God says about us and what God says about others and what God says about life in general. And some of what we believe is, when we live our life, some of what we believe is, is the truth. And some of what we believe is not true. Like, we're not 100% right in the way that we see everything. But the person, or the one that um, sees everything clearly and knows truth, is God. And everything that he believes, everything that lines up with his will, is, is the truth. So there are things called godly beliefs. Godly beliefs are statements that are in agreement with God. How do we know what statements are in agreement with God? Read his word. Spend time with him. Interact with him. Encounter God. Have a personal relationship with him. And some um, things that we would know from being with God is that he's loving. He's a good God. He, um, he accepts us. Where He's our father. Now, ungodly beliefs are beliefs that are lies. They don't line up with God's word. And they're lies about ourselves, they're lies about others, and lies about God. And they affect how we act. And we all have them in our lives. Some examples of those are, no one loves me, I'm all alone. And we know that the Bible tells us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, right? Um, lies that God doesn't have um, good plans for my life. That is not what God says in his word. And so we may not see evidence of it at the, at the moment. We may not feel it. But if it doesn't line up with God's word, it is an ungodly belief. Now, most ungodly beliefs are a mixture of truth and error. Sometimes we believe, we have beliefs that come 
that have a little bit of truth to it. Like, for instance, if you um, had your heart broken in a relationship and then you feel like, I can't trust anyone with my heart because it's going to get broken. Well, the little piece of truth is, well, that person should not be trusted with your heart because they're going to, they broke it. But it doesn't mean that you can't trust anybody with your heart. You can't just have an experience or hear about an experience and then generalize it to every situation in your life. The truth is that God brings people into your life that are worthy of trust. And when, as we walk with God, we uh, gain discernment, understanding. If we surround ourselves with people that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We meet people that are trustworthy. And you may put your heart out there and you may get your heart hurt, but you won't die. <laughs> it's, wor- it's worth it. You're not going to die. God will bring you through. Amen. <laughs> And so ungodly beliefs come from a lot of different places. Um, Sometimes they come from childhood hurts, um, like if you were teased in school, it can range from that to um, if if your parents went through a divorce, maybe, or um, it could be like if you experienced abuse. When you have something negative happen in your life, you kind of adopt a belief system that is faulty. And so an example of that might be, let's say, a child who um, their father missed a lot of ball games or, or parties and stuff wasn't around. And so this child begins to have these, grows up having these ungodly beliefs that I'm not important or I can't depend on my, on my father because he's not going to be there. Or even more, I can't depend on the men in my life or I'm not important to Father God. All of these things can start to, to develop. Um, and <clears throat> that's one way that, that these ungodly beliefs can develop. Another one is from our culture and our society. Um, you know, if we, our society teaches us to look out for number one, to, you know, you can't trust other people. You've got to take care of yourself. But the, God tells us, kingdom culture tells us, we need to serve others. We need to be humble. We need to lay down our lives. And this doesn't necessarily go with American culture. Um, ungodly beliefs can come from family culture. If you have a family, you know, that might have certain beliefs about people in general, um, beliefs about men, beliefs about women. Um, I have a part of my family that believes uh, that you shouldn't tell people your business. Just keep your business to yourself. And, um, you know, you can't trust people because, you know, just keep my, <laughs> keep my name out your mouth is what, you know, don't, don't tell people stuff and you can't trust people. But it causes suspicion. And it's really not what God says. God wants us to be in community and share our lives with each other. And that, that's a cultural belief, a family belief that really doesn't line up with the word of God. And repetition would be another kind. If you hear someone telling you you're no good over and over again, you begin to believe it. But that's not what God says about you. And we need to believe what God says. You know, for me, an ungodly belief that I dealt with for a a long time, and I still have to kind of go back to it and say, no, that's not true, is feeling like I don't don't belong. I don't know where I picked that up along the way, maybe as a child, um, as a kid, just feeling out like I didn't belong in a certain group of people, and always feeling like I didn't belong to anyone, like I was on the outside looking in. And I'd be in situations where... You know, I just felt like I didn't belong. I don't know how else to explain it. And one time I, I was praying, and, and I, the Holy Spirit brought that up to me. Like I had this 
ungodly belief that I didn't belong. And the Lord began to tell me, I belong to him. I belong to the family of God. You know, there was times I'd be in a church family and feel like I didn't belong. Like, oh, maybe they're being nice to me because my husband, you know, ministers. Like, these are the things that the enemy would whisper in my mind. And, and, and I have to, like, even, like, I have to close that door because it'll come up again. You know, and I'll have to be like, no, I belong. I'm part of the Thomas family. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of the Revival Life Church family. Um, but God spoke to me and he reminds me and to me, and, and the thing is that when God speaks these things to you, he talks right to the place of lack that's in your heart because that, when he says something to me, like you belong, it touched it touched a spot with me, but God may say to you, you're my little girl. Cause nobody said it to you before, or God may say to you, you know, um, you know, I trust you. You're a trustworthy. He, may, he speaks these things over us. And it's our job to remember what God speaks over us. And if you ever meet with me or if you tell me a testimony, the first thing I'm going to tell you what? Write it down. Okay? Get a journal and write it down. Because the enemy likes to come at you when you forget what God said about you. And we need to meditate on what God says about us. And sometimes you have to you know, go back and read your journals. Don't just write in it and put it away. I can tell you, like, just honestly, I'll I'll just give you a testimony. On Friday night, I was nervous about speaking this morning, and I was looking at, I was praying, and Holy Spirit said to me, "Um, don't fear, I'm going to be there. You just, you know, you welcome me, make room for me. And this morning, you better believe I was reading that stuff. That's what he said. That's what he said, you know. And so, um, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans that we need to renew our minds daily. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to renew our minds. And we need to remember the encounters we have with God. And not just renewing our minds like just what the Bible says. But when you are in worship and God is telling you, or you're feeling his love, you may not even hear him or see him, but you may feel his love, remember that. For the times when you're feeling lonely and you can be like, no, when I'm in God's presence, I feel him with me. We need to meditate on those things. And as we recognize the um, ungodly beliefs that come up in our mind, we have to, with our mouth, I reject that. That's a lie. And you could be talking to yourself, and I don't care if people think you're crazy. Shut up, devil. That's what you got to say. Just shut up, devil. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to think that lie. I'm going to choose to believe the godly belief, what God speaks over me. And, um, you know, you may know what your little, what your areas are. Like, you know, we all have these little, like you say, we have an open door. We might have little windows that kind of fly open here and there. Know what your window is because you need to confess those things. And just because you heard God speak something to you, um, you, you might've been thinking the same thing for 25 years in a row. It might take a few times of confessing to change your mindset. And this is what I mean about, um, not, just because you're saved doesn't mean you're living life in abundance. We are, we're, a new creation, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? But we're not, you know, we're not completely there. We're not like all in abundance and having a good old time. And no, we need to partner with Holy Spirit and do what we have um, 
the ability to do, and that is being intentional. If you ever, you always see me with a journal because I don't remember stuff. And I'll tell you, if you tell me something, email it to me because I forget stuff. So I write it down. And when God tells you things, you remember those things. And as a, as a community, we can speak godly beliefs over each other. You know, if you know that, you know, Sarah, you deal with this, worrying about this thing. And when she's feeling that way, I can be like, no, but God told you this. Remember? That's how you, that's how to be a good friend. Remember what God says. And so as, I'm ta- as I was talking, again, I know that God has, is bringing up ungodly beliefs. I know he's reminding you of things that you may have um, dealt with that are coming up. And, and God, is, God wants to speak his truth over your situation and over who you are. And so let's pray together uh, one more time. Ready? Father, I ask you, please show us what lies we are believing about ourselves and others. Help us, Lord, to reject those lies. Help us to believe the truth of what you say. Help us to be free of these cycles of believing ungodly beliefs and help us to partner with you. Father, help us to live free and in abundance. In Jesus' name. And can you guys just stand? I want to pray over you. I want to declare some things over you. Father, I thank you for all of these people that are here today. I thank you that these are your children. I thank you that you love them with an everlasting love. Father, I thank you that you have good things for their lives and that you want to pull out the negative things from the root. Father, I thank you that your grace is here to help people to forgive. Your grace is here to help people to choose not to judge and worry about themselves and not others. And Father, I thank you that your grace is here for us to reject the lie and believe the truth that you speak over us. So Father, right now, I pray that you would just pour out your love upon your children, upon your sons and your daughters right now. Father, help them to see themselves as you see them and help them to live a life in abundance as they choose to partner with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give it up for Pastor Tracy? Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. Listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, hey, uh, chances are Holy Spirit brought something up. He's began a work in you today. I wish I could say it's over, but it's not. But chances are he began a work in you. Talk to your life group leader. Talk to people you can trust. Um, we're going to have people, if I can have the prayer team come forward. Uh, we got some people up here at the front love to pray for you. They're not going to counsel you. They're not going to come up with uh, solutions to your problems. They're not going to tell you what to do different. They are going to pray. Amen. Uh, prayer team, we're not a counseling team. We're a prayer team, right? And so um, if you find yourself, like, say you battle with unforgiveness, and that includes forgiving yourself, right? Amen. Say, say you battle with judgment. It's hard for you not to judge people. Maybe you see yourself being bitter and you can't break the cycle of bitterness. Or maybe you're focusing on godly beliefs. You can't have, uh, for some reason, it's harder for you to focus on godly beliefs than ungodly beliefs. Uh, maybe you just need uh, someone to pray and agree with you and just lay hands on you for an impartation of that grace. Amen. So we're going to welcome you to come up forward. Hey, we love you. Uh, we, my wife and I are going to be waiting in the uh, lobby. We'd like to meet you. And uh, give somebody a hug. Give a clap off for the Lord for what he did today. Thank you to everybody who serves, and uh, we'll see you next week. Amen and amen. Take somebody to lunch.